Ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Cool. I'm gonna wait. I'm for gonna self-destruct. Cool. That's what that noise is. I'm gonna wait for this to whatever to stop backing up, please. <laughs> what is this? My diabetic pump says self-destructing in five, <laughs> four. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that makes Jared wake up at 12.30 on a Saturday to come hang out and record a podcast. Oh, I was up at nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I are have you, cats. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. When I texted you I was going to be a half an hour late and then was only seven minutes late. It's true. Was because I was just kind of dawdling and I was cooking breakfast <laughs> and I was like, oh, I need to watch the episode. Oh, I'm supposed to be there in an hour. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Okay. Well, all right. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, tell me more about your morning routine. My terrible time management skills? Sure. That's fine. It's so funny, because I rag on our friend Jordan for being late to everything. It's true. Michaela has pointed this out. And then I'm late to everything. Yep. But, in my defense, I give you advance notice that I'm going to be late. You have a good point. I cannot argue with that. Jordan will text you ten minutes after he was supposed to be there that he's running late. (laughs) Jordan, if you're listening to the podcast, which I don't know, you aren't, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for you to call me out and be like, "Hey, you did listen. Congrats." Oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything exciting happening in the world of Jared? Anything exciting happening in the world of Jared? Uh, see, if you repeat the question, it gives you time to think about it. Sure. Uh, it's a little trick. <laughs> I still don't know where to go. Let me jump in. I I am. Doing some temp work, I'm working in a, a very fancy building, which is fun, to the point where I have to be badged in everywhere I go, even in the office. So that's kind of a little overkill for me, but it's very, it's it's fancy, so I'm it's fun for me, I guess. A little bit of novelty in my day. It's amazing how I can have so much to say, and then a microphone's in my face, and I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's neat. I wouldn't want to be scanned in everywhere I go. Our office that I work at is the exact opposite. Like, sure, you have to scan in to get into the office itself. Uh-huh. But, like, once you're in, you're in, baby. <laughs> like, it is a big open space. Um, <laughs> you open the front door, I'm in. <laughs> basically. Um, and, I mean, there's not a lot of people in there because most people still work from home. And they were like, ah, oh, come back in three days a week. And people were like, mm, uh, the best I can do is one. <laughs> how about we don't how about how about we don't yeah hey if you're listening to this and you are the boss of people and you're like i need to make them come back into work in person don't unless you have to like there are some fields where you have to counter offer mm-hmm. how about no <laughs> counter offer how about a pizza party Ooh, pizza party yeah i did have a pizza party on oh friday it wasn't a pizza party someone just ordered pizza and sure. shared with the rest of I us mean, that's fine as long as it's not a replacement for like paying people more or giving them time off sure. or treating them like human beings i ideally yes you know that's not the case it's like the meme of the flex tape guy it's just like there's water coming out and then pizza party <laughs> <laughs> give me that pizza party okay well 
I say we get straight into the episode. Yes, and that's oh, our... Before we get into the episode, I'm going to blow this every time. Oh, did you have something to say? I was just going to say that I, I'm excited to get into the episode because this is my favorite episode of this season and maybe of Survivor thus far. Okay, before we get into the episode, we have email from Josh, our, our good friend Josh, yes. who gives me such good information. Josh, with some corrections, you weren't allowed to give up immunity until season four. Oh. So you were stuck with it. Interesting. Okay. I, di- I didn't verify this, but I'm assuming because Josh is usually correct. Yeah, and and they it, it's never brought up. Like nobody talks about the possibility of doing it. So yeah. I'm I'm inclined to believe one that. of those that they wouldn't think about it until someone probably asks. Yeah. Can I do this? Uh, oh, uh, I guess. I'll be interested to see how they implement it. If it's like a, they tell them the at the first immunity challenge, or if it comes up organically. Hmm. Uh, and a Josh says that the no vote tiebreaker, meaning if you have zero votes and you're both people have zero votes and they're tied, it goes to a quiz. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> That's the best they could come up with? Yes. How do they come up with something worse than votes from earlier in the season? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Thank God. A quiz on what? I don't know. It's a quiz on something. Okay. Hopefully on the season, and they just have questions about... But if it's in the first vote of the season, then it's... All right, this quiz will be on U.S. presidents. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, so be it. And finally, we have a note that says more challenges should go to the 10-hour threshold. (laughs) I I agree. And gives me examples of challenges that went past the 10-hour threshold. Oh. We have Survivor UK... A challenge, very similar challenge, of standing on a log going for 23 hours. That's pretty metal. 23 hours, Jared. That's that is, pretty metal. It's too long. Uh-huh. It's, I don't... Like, they clearly did not have a get-down mechanic on that one. No, no, no. That, that was not a... That was a how long can you stand up there before you pass out, not a how long can you physically stand up there, like, and and it's difficult. Josh sent me a link to the actual video, and it, this challenge consumes almost the entire episode of this show. So, I, it is season one of Survivor UK. But man, that's too long. That's too long. The host goes to bed and comes back and they're still going. <laughs> he comes out, he wakes up, he's like, all right, can you tell me who won? And they're like, sir, they're still going. It's like, what? No, what? Huh? Are you sure? Are you sure? Did someone watch? Are you sure they didn't go down and sleep? <laughs> oh, man. And uh, another one, Big Brother 6's pressure cooker, which I, I didn't watch this one, but I will take the word for it. 15 hours. What is the challenge? Well, now I have to look. Okay, hold on. Well, because it's called pressure cooker, so it makes it sound like there's something a mechanic there to make it difficult. So what I make from it is that they are standing in what looks like a hot box or a greenhouse, pushing a button, and that's it. They have to hold down the button? They have to hold down the button okay. for as long as possible. So like uh, the last media challenge of season one or those like contests in the 90s where you put a hand on a car and the last one standing got hand, it. Hands on a hard body. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that. Gross. I, I don't want to do anything that long. No. Nope. That, I mean, the, I hope that they made it entertaining. Because that was, some of, that was the failing of last episode too, right? Is that like them standing on the pole 
there's they're not talking about it. They're no. not like he's not the temptations were kind of weak and only early and then never again. Yes. We don't get shots of them of people like strategizing on the beach. It's literally just all right, who's still up there? Yeah. Are we more uh, time passes? Are you tired yet? Can we stop this? Yeah. Uh bumper. All right, so this episode came out in March 14th of 2001. I'm going to add a little bit to this segment just because there isn't a lot of, there's just not a lot of information on, or what not a lot happened in the world in this last week. At least that not that would be relevant to the average person. And even the so- like song of the week didn't change. It's still Stutter, a really popular song that no one now has heard of. Mm-hmm. They got their 15 minutes of fame. Sure. Um, so I'm going to bring up the domestic box office list for that time too, because I think that could be an interesting marker of like culture at the time of 2001. Mm-hmm. So on March 14th of 2001, our top five films are The Mexican. I don't know how problematic it is, but it, do- it doesn't seem like it's as bad as it sounds. I looked up a synopsis. It's Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts. They are there. He's going after Brad Pitt works for the mob and he has to go to Mexico to retrieve an, an antique pistol that is called the Mexican. I don't know anything else about the movie, it, but I was like, I, when I clicked that link, I was like, this is a dangerous click. 15 minutes, which I've never heard of. Hannibal was number three. Sea Spot Run and Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Oh, cool. So that's, those are some of the movies that were uh, popular at the time. And I also looked up, I was just curious, like, what video games count in 2001? Mm-hmm. 2001 was a really good year for games. Oh, go on. Mostly in the fall, in the fall spot. Uh, so, like, a lot of them came out, uh, a lot of the good ones from that year we'll talk about probably in future episodes, probably future seasons, since we'll be in the fall, probably season three. Um, but one that was out by the time this episode came out was Paper Mario. I fucking love Paper Mario. The first Paper Mario that, came out February 5th. Actually, it's right here. I have it in my hand. Wow. Currently. This is one of my favorite games of all time. It came out during this season. It is one of the last N64 games to come out. Because mm. they, they had planned it for the... Sorry, you're getting video game trivia now. Oh, yeah. It planned it for the disk drive. Right. The N64DD, the disk drive, which was a commercial failure in Japan and did not come out in America or any other region, I believe. Which, fun fact is part of the reason why the failure of the disk drive is part of what made Sony become a major player in video games. Because Final Fantasy VII was supposed to come out for the N64. And on the disk drive, it could not fit on cartridges. Correct. And when the disk drive failed, Nintendo booted the project and Sony picked up Final Fantasy VII, which then became one of the like highest selling games of all time and put Sony on the map. Which, I mean, again, put it, pin it on Nintendo. Nintendo and Sony were supposed to be making a console together. Yeah. Which was supposed to be the N64. But Nintendo was like, after after making various uh, examples of what this could be, Nintendo was like, no, 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 we're going with a cartridge-based system. And Sony's like, well, now we have nothing. So we'll make the PlayStation 1. Yeah, we'll make our own. And they did. So yeah, that was that was uh, that's some of the things that happened uh, when this episode came out. We are in March fourteenth of two thousand one. Cool. So we start the episode and we get into the the discussion of tribal alliances, which again is going to be the theme of the last episode, this episode, possibly other episodes, where they're talking about working as a team to get to a certain point, 
and both sides see it as a way to get in. Really, the Ogakor group is talking about, all right, we're going to use it to get rid of the other tribe, and then it's a free-for-all. Yeah. The Kucha tribe is thinking of it in the opposite. Uh, they're going to work together, but maybe I can get an in. You, you said Kucha tribe. I think you mispronounced it. It's Elizabeth. Uh, correct. You're right. It's Elizabeth. At the start of the episode, there there's fishing, there's things going on. I mean, everyone... for So, Nick is the Amber of his tribe. Nick and Amber just hardly exist. They are ghosts. They are ethereal. So, mm-hmm. we, I'm not going to talk about Nick in this conversation. Because the show doesn't talk about Nick this episode. It's true. It's weird. We still have gotten zero Nick content. And I am baffled. It's... I, I don't get it. I don't either. And very... I mean... There's a common theme here, but very little Alicia, too. We got some of her early in the season with her and Varner, but ever since, well, ever since Scoopin left, we haven't seen hardly anything of Alicia, even this episode. Yeah. <sighs> um, oh, don't worry. At the beginning of the episode, Joe and Alicia are already on the jury. They are talking about I being was, on the jury. That's what I was going to say, is who and Alicia? Kentucky Joe. Kentucky Joe. You I just did, said Joe, I and I was like, say who Joe. is that? Yeah, yeah. Roger and Alicia have already given up. They're just talking about, like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. I, like, they need to be nice to us because we're, because, like, Cooch is going to be on the jury, four of us. And I'm like, dang, we're just back to season one, huh? We're just, we're just giving up. Maybe they'll keep me around longer if I catch them fish. Oh, yeah, we're, first of all, Roger is such a pure soul. I, I love him so much. But... He's back. We're back to the fish economy. We're back to the fish economy. Absolutely. Yep. And he <laughs> says that, you know, oh, it really feels like Kucha was outwitted. Yeah, you were. You were. It, it was a beautiful play, but now you're just going to lay down and die. It, it wasn't even that beautiful of a play. Like, I go, <laughs> I go back again. Like, Colby was such a bad smokescreen. I don't know how they fell for it. <laughs> but they did. And now they have to lie in their kennel. Yep. A couple... <laughs> Fun things from the very opening shots of the episode. Colby's sleeping with his mouth open. He's <laughs> laying. Everyone's talking about, they, wow, they they sleep in much later than uh, we. I would be up at like crack of dawn. Well, and Scoopin used to be the one who was up first. Yeah. So he's talking about how like Scoopin used to set the fire. He used to talk about Scoopin. Now when I look at a fire, I will always think of Scoopin. I don't like that. Coming from anyone but Roger, that would have almost felt malicious. Yeah. But he's such, like I said, such a pure soul. He means, he's so genuine. He means it. He's like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to think of him. I'm going to wish him the best every time I'm sitting, yeah, every time I'm starting this fire. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Weird, but beautiful. The thing, I guess that's like, ah, uh, someone stabbed a guy with this knife. Whenever I look at this knife, I will always <laughs> think of him. Gee, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is a little odd. <laughs> Not, oh. I'm going to think of that day or think of that event, like as a trauma think like, I'm going to think fondly on scoop. And every yeah. time I look at a fire, yeah, that's like your friend gets hit by a bus and you're like, every time I see a bus go by, I'm like, mm. ah, ah, miss that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he got free tuition. He's not dead. <laughs> I just miss him. <laughs> on the other side, Jerry is worried about Tina and Keith. Flipping. Which is the question of this entire episode. Will they? Won't they? And we get no content from Keith and 
uh, Keith and Tina on a one-on-one. We only get them in group shots. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a reason for that. Ooh, tell me. What, what, do, you, what do you think? I don't think they were ever going to flip. I think no, the editors are trying. I don't think there was ever a chance of that happening. No. I think the editors, and they had me fooled. I thought, I was starting to buy in there of like, wow, maybe they will get rid of Jerry. And I didn't buy into it until, and we'll talk about it in detail later, until the reward challenge. Correct. And then they're all so happy. <laughs> yeah. Again, we'll talk about it, but man, you, you feel the vibes. You know what's going on here. Take your shot. And I will say, Keith sucks. Like, I don't, I don't think I'd get along with Keith even for, like, five minutes in real life. Mm-hmm. But he's pretty good at this game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He is much better at keeping his emotions in check and making good choices on how to play a social game. Yeah. He... Other than with Jerry. Well, true. And, like, listen, this episode has kind of turned my opinion on Jerry. Like, sure, some of that's the editing, but just seeing how annoyed both tribes are with her that's not all editing no no not at all that's not them picking and choosing the moments like jerry is being a tyrant Uh and is not playing a very good social game (laughs) but they, they show a lot of it because right next in the episode we talk about the cooking of the rice and elizabeth and alicia are cooking the rice specifically elizabeth is doing more of the work yeah but elizabeth feels the eyes on her when we see it we see jerry being shitty jerry and amber Mm -hmm. we don't see amber doing it but they say she does we're not allowed to see amber for more than one minute at a time except for one episode (laughs) um it's in her contract it was a weird thing to put in her contract yeah Um, but yeah we have the fish economy and we have the rice tyrant rice tyrant (laughs) yeah that sounds like a jrpg character that you like fight in a random battle in a field Dun, 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 rice tyrant. But Elizabeth sees this, sees that everyone is frustrated, and sees the crack there. Yeah. So we're good. We, Despite the awkward feelings around the fire, and everyone feels it, and everyone's like, Jerry, stop being so shitty. And Elizabeth, this is the most important thing. We had people in season one that saw cracks or saw opportunities, and they never took them. Never took them. Elizabeth tries here. Elizabeth is trying. Elizabeth is the first person in either season to try to flip people to come over to their side mm-hmm. on a tribal level. Wait, you don't want to make t-shirts? What? We can make t-shirts. If we're all going to lose, we might as well make t-shirts. Oh, I forgot about the t-shirts and the scotch tape. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I am very, very impressed with Elizabeth. She became maybe my favorite character on the season from Ooh. this episode alone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we go from that into Alicia isn't having fun anymore. Yeah. It says this 12 times in the span of about two minutes. I'm not having fun anymore. This isn't fun. The game isn't fun when you play it this way. I'm just not having fun. Well, I, I get it. It's, I mean, because of the way it's so tribal dominated, yeah, you're just kind of waiting for your, I mean, Elizabeth takes a shot here, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work, and you're kind of just waiting for your card to get called. This is not any fun. It's, it, it, the editors did a good job of making this episode fun to watch, because it, with the outcome of it, it might not have been fun to watch if they didn't, if they didn't have Elizabeth, and if they didn't show us the footage they showed us. Yeah. And the only other note I have pre- reward challenge is that elizabeth really likes tina yeah 
and we we talked about the opening, but man, Elizabeth is, and I quote, out back close with Tina. This is why I like Elizabeth so much. Uh-huh. She, she says, we're close. Oh, out back close. That just means close enough to get the dirt I need to get in front of the next person. Yeah. Like somebody who can be sweet and charming and kind of um, makes people lower their guard. But she's playing. She's playing and she's pretty ruthless uh-huh. despite what everyone thinks. Elizabeth, mm, 10 out of 10. She hides it better than people I've seen in modern seasons. Yeah. Maybe it's easier to hide when not everyone's like playing as hard as she is. True. But she's really good at it. And I... <sighs> so. <laughs> Jared steps up on Soapbox. Yes, Jared steps up on Soapbox. We're going to do some, season, uh, or some early season to this episode comparison. Okay. So this is kind of dabbling into the camp once after the award challenge. So I'm going to mix these conversations but looking at how the rest of the camp is, including, most importantly, Keith and Tina, once Jerry and Amber are, are gone on reward, man, I think that Jerry and Keith, or Jerry and Amber, were making the early season just so hard to watch. I talked about how the last few episodes before this, I like, Ogahort's in the spotlight, they're not really doing anything, and I do think part of that is just the tension around camp. Like, I talk about not having enough, like, you know, if we're not going to have a lot of action in these episodes, we need more slice of life. And they're not really having slice of life because they're all miserable and hate each other. Uh-huh. There's the camp life between the five of them must have been so incredibly awkward. And if not for Colby, probably downright toxic. I think this is Survivor seeing the the success they have with the crazy fights from season one or like Mm -hmm. the big explosions and saying that's it that's what we need we need more of that and not realizing that we can only handle so much of it like yes have them in there because they're natural and they happen but don't dwell on them don't make the episode that well it also just it feels like jerry and keith have been in a cold war for like four episodes now Mm -hmm. where they they're not really going after each other until this episode And even then, they're still not really. But they still have to live together, and there's only five people, so there's no one else. Like, they're in their groups of two with Colby going between them, but they don't really want to, like, outwardly fight. Like, they don't want to blow up at each other because they know they need each other for the games. So they're doing just enough to be polite with, like, little microaggressions (laughs) and then still competing as a tribe until, you know, this episode and last episode. But even last episode, they still were in this Cold War because they couldn't, you know, they had to stick together. It just makes me wonder, like, I just don't think it was a good editing decision to focus so much on Ogakor in the early season. We They really tried to draw blood from a stone when they were just kind of, like, <laughs> awkward. Ooh, I guess we screwed up. Maybe someone, the, the cameraman for Kucha Camp just sucked. Did, Maybe. <laughs> did terrible, had terrible footage, so it was all unusable, and we have to focus on Ogakor. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's so mind-boggling because they're the Kucha tribe is really dynamic. I mean, I like the Ogakor people too. I, I like mm. the cast of this tribe a lot, or the cast of this season a lot. I just don't understand why they didn't focus more on Kucha. Yeah, yeah, we'll it's stop, a mystery. We'll stop beating the dead horse. Yep, we're on to the reward challenge. It's a boomerang contest. We are throwing a boomerang, and they must. Uh, if you, have you ever thrown a boomerang? A little. Okay. It is a skill. Yeah. It's 
you don't just like rock up, throw a boomerang, and it comes back. Although I've thrown like shitty dollar store boomerangs. Okay. I wonder if these were a little easier and like because they're better constructed. Yeah, it looked like they had a wide a wider range of yes. styles of boomerang. They had a full a full logs worth because that's how they showed. They just lined them up on a log, and you could pick. Like, oh, this is the one that I want. Clearly way more than what were needed, Yeah, but they were giving them options. Well, something I do know, so they, they definitely did tell them or give them some technique because mm-hmm. everyone throws it overhand. Yes. Um, and if you throw it sideways, it'll basically go straight up in the air and hit the ground and break. Yeah. So I saw that on a TikTok. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so they gave them some training. They probably had a bunch of boomerangs in case they broke and also just for different styles. They, they gave them some in the tree mail. So right. they probably gave them a good amount of time to practice to make this even an interesting challenge to watch. Which, okay, season one we have, I, I compare this most to the archery challenge. It's exactly that. This is so much better. This is okay. so much more fun to watch. Ooh, tell me more. There's some suspense where the boomerang's thrown about like, ooh, where's it going to land? Where the archery, they shoot one arrow and it's like, all right, next. (laughs) And so we have so much footage in season one of them practicing the bow and arrow. Yeah. And none of them practicing the boomerang. Absolutely none. Which would have been probably very fun footage. Yeah. I want to see them fail a little bit before they get good at it. Right. Instead, we just need more... Well, they have to fill the episodes with as much Jerry as a villain content as possible. <laughs> Jeff rocks up to this challenge and says that this is the most popular weapon in Australia. And once Citation again, needed. Citation very much needed. Because if you were talking Aboriginal people prior to the British getting off the boat, I would have said, okay, yeah, maybe. But man... You don't see people running around committing mass boomerang murders. Well, you haven't heard of the latest boomerang massacre, Stephen? I know that gun control is far better in Australia, but man... No, what you don't understand is that they're actually strapping two pistols to the boomerang. Oh, okay. And then they throw it and it just shoots in all directions. <laughs> it's like a Beyblade of death. You mean just Beyblade? It's a Beyblade. Beyblades are dangerous in general. No, I I mean, I don't know. I, I thought I was going to look this up and I was like, how? How am I going to look this up? Yeah. It just doesn't feel true. Like it doesn't, it's not an incredibly practical weapon. No. It seems like it's for pretty special uses. It seems like things. It's a hunting like tool. A bow and arrow would be easier and pretty much every culture in the world has made a bow and arrow at some point. So I would be surprised if this was the most popular weapon in in uh, indigenous culture in Australia, but it could be. It's a hunting tool for small small animals. Yeah, you're not taking out. Well, you might take out a if you have a really good shot, you might take out a kangaroo. But man, I wouldn't piss that thing off. Moving on, challenge happens, and Alicia leads off and is just off the target. It's a big target. I want to say it's. 20 foot not diameter uh 10 radius. foot in each in each direction oh okay. from the center 10 did they say that no it just looks like that to oh, me. okay i was gonna say 20 foot radius but that it's fine somewhere between 10 and 20 feet and alicia gets just off the target mm-hmm. which is honestly pretty solid better than i would do yeah and most everyone else isn't anywhere close until we hit Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry nails this shot. 
Side note about Jerry real quick. Go on. Do you think... So, Jeff has Jerry read the menu. Yeah. I have two theories about that. I want to know which one you think is true. Or okay. maybe both. The producers are putting their thumb on the scale to make it more interesting and make Jerry even to, into more of a villain. Or, and or, Jerry has been so obsessed with food, they're like, it's your turn. Like, just read it off for us. I think it's this, the latter. Okay. they wanted the big reaction. They wanted a, hey read this food out loud okay but i could i could see how your brain goes immediately to conspiracy theories like oh they knew what was gonna happen how dare they and i don't i don't, oh. I don't blame no 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 i and i don't blame anyone for thinking that even if that's not what you meant yeah no i just meant trying to trying to stoke up division even more by single the more times you can single out jerry oh. the more uh, the more she's separated from them. The more sure. she's in other. Yeah, I don't think that is the case, but I don't know. Okay. I'm not in the room. I was curious. <laughs> Nick has a decent shot, but is not close enough. Mm -hmm. And it is pretty much an unfair fight. Nobody comes close until the very last shot, Amber, is inches, inches away from Jerry's shot. Yep. Jeff has to get out the measuring tape. And we have that moment of, who got it? Who got it? Which is funny, because it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter. Whoever won it was going to take the other. Oh, but they don't know that. That's true. They don't know that, and Jeff doesn't let on that no. anyone else can come with. So Jerry and Jeff get up. They're like, all right, we're going to go right now. Let's go get your food. They're like, right now? Really? And they start walking off. And then Jeff gives a little smirk. You know... There's enough food for more people. You get one more. Picking Amber was such a bad choice. It was. Such a bad gameplay choice. <laughs> I liked the reasoning, but it wasn't because of that. No, she she says that, you know, Amber had a was a very, very, like, inches away close second. Which is a great reason to take someone. Right, but nobody believes it. I no. don't believe it. It's not true. It's not true. It's the most transparent lie in the history of his <laughs> in the history of all Survivor. That's probably not she, true. She didn't even believe it. No. Because she had to really scramble to find a reason for this. Yeah. She really should have taken either someone from Kucha or, like, Keith or Tina... Probably Tina. She's not gonna take Keith. She's not gonna take Keith. She's not gonna take Keith. No. Or Colby. But nope. She further solidifies her and Amber's isolation from the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's great. Good on you. <laughs> and then Jeff is waiting on them. Jeff is this. the waiter. What is up with that? Yeah, during this reward challenge, Jeff is uh he is the waiter, but he's just kind of hovering there. He's not really... He delivers the food and then stands there and asks them questions. We see two shots of them eating. We uh -huh. see the one you're talking about. And then, yeah, he awkwardly is like, so how are things back in camp? <laughs> yeah. And then we see camp. And then we come back and Jerry and Amber are alone. So... Oh, okay. If he asks more questions, we they weren't important enough for them to show them to us. Maybe he even got so awkward that he's like... I'm gonna let you eat now. Bye. It's it's such a bizarre choice because we have this sort of we have the Kelly Bar moment where it's like, all right, Jeff's gonna ask us questions he knows the answer to because he knows because he knows what's going on, but it lasts for one question. Yes, Jared, 
we can't put other people on television. Then we have to pay them. <laughs> this is how contracts work. You don't need a waiter to leave the food there. You have a point. Which they do in the second shot. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, before we move on to camp life, this is our next, oh my god, it's so good moment. I, I clocked <laughs> Did that. Did you clock that yep. one? Yeah, okay. I just had to point it out. Back at camp, life is great. Everyone is so happy to yes. not have Jerry and Amber there. Keith is like, like boasting about it. He's, He's giddy. This is the only time that I've seen Keith be charismatic. Is him being like, I've, I've, I've cooked for two presents. Wasn't nervous. What, but I cook rice and suddenly I'm a mess out here. Yeah. I wonder why that, or he was like, uh, oh, it's so much nicer in camp. Can't imagine why that is. And I was like, do I, am I going to like Keith if he outlasts Jerry? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. It's one. Again, I need citations for the presidents that you cook for Keith. Please tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's a story there I'd like to hear. Absolutely. My guess is Clinton and Bush Sr.? Let's see. I mean, depends. He's he's older. He's in his 50s. So who knows? It could be... You go back as far as Reagan? Carter? Maybe. If he... Uh, There's that dead period of before Bush Sr. where I don't remember who is who. It goes Clinton, Bush Sr., Reagan. Was Reagan that... Yeah, Reagan was until 88. 88 to 92, Clinton takes over in 92, because Bush Sr. is a one-term president. I feel like I'm missing someone, but go on. Um, before talking. Reagan, Reagan had eight years, so 80. Carter was 76 through 80. And JFK slash Lyndon Johnson was the years before that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I forget that. Of, of course he was. Nixon's in there somewhere. I'm missing I'm missing Nixon somewhere. I think 70, 68 to 72. Yeah. Brief rundown because we don't need to talk about it anymore. Clinton, H.W. Bush, Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, Nixon. Ford. Okay. Ford Explorer. Well, right. The, the last second vice president because that was the deal. Sparrow Agnew steps down. Ford gets sworn in. Nixon resigns so that, yeah, so that Republicans keep the presidency, but they can't have either of those people in. Politics is interesting. Anyway, <laughs> everyone's happy. No, no one is stressed, and just the vibe is way better at camp. It's so much better. <laughs> Back at dinner, Tina is acting weird, says Amber. I'm glad they're picking up on it. Yeah. Everyone knows that Jerry and Amber are on the outs, mm -hmm. but no one is willing to act on this. Yeah, and I actually, this is where, this conversation is where I actually thought one of them could go home. Mm -hmm. Not one of them, where I thought Jerry could go home. Sure. I wonder how everyone feels about Amber. I feel like it's one of those where if Jerry is not there, then suddenly Amber becomes a whole lot more likable. I think they just kind of see her as, like, maybe a pawn. Yeah. Or, like, it might be more likable, but they still don't trust her or want to talk to her. Yeah. You know? I mean, just like the edit, Amber doesn't have strong opinions on things as yeah. far as far as i can tell from the edit but yeah this conversation made me con i was like there's actually a good chance jerry goes home and i was wrong <laughs> no chance no <laughs> they bring back boomerangs from the dinner <laughs> and they lead in with like hey we brought back something and my brain goes oh they brought back food i, I thought the same thing i didn't know they would let them do that oh it's boomerangs 
Everyone is so uncomfortable at this. Yeah. It's... And they feel it. They know that they're... They're on the outs. They know that it's been four hours of them talking shit. Yeah. So Jerry immediately corners Colby. Colby's like, hey, I need some time to go get, like, uh, just be on my own. And mm-hmm. Jerry's like, on your own? I need to be on your face. Okay, in her defense, he doesn't say that to the group. He kind of just he kind of just walks away. Correct. So, like, it's not like he's like, I need time alone. And she's like, too bad. It's more like he leaves, and so she follows him. Um, But that's the only time we'll defend Jerry this episode. (laughs) Yeah, this is the point. Sorry, I had my notes in a weird order. This is the point where he's like, hey, we're working as a team to get to a certain point. And he's trying to convince Jerry that so that Jerry feels comfortable. And really, he's like, yeah, that is true, but I'm doing it until I can get rid of Jerry, and then I'm going to get rid of Jerry. Yep. So it seems like it seems like Colby, Tina, and Keith's plan right now mm-hmm. is to get Kucha Will down enough so that they can have the the three of them and maybe Amber can have can outvote Kucha. Yeah. But they can get rid of Jerry as early as possible. Correct. That seems the plan. Which could be next episode. They have it'll be five to three. Is it? Yeah, it's good math, but then you're banking on Amber. Amber. Yeah. That's a bad bank. That's a bad bet. Anyway, tree mail comes in. <laughs> do you have any strong opinions on this poem from the tree mail? Because I, I do. Okay, go ahead. Okay. They're talking about the the challenge that's coming up, which is the dots and dashes game. If you've ever played it, it's just mm-hmm. you're making squares. They're talking about marking your land and fencing people out of the land on the tree mail. Yes. And I'm like, yes. this is some manifest destiny bullshit. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but man. Yes. So for this poem, I was expecting a game similar to um, the tile game we have in season one. Oh, yeah. That would have that poem would have made more sense for that. Mm-hmm. But this isn't really fencing people out. If anything, it's like setting people up by accident. And actually, I think if they would have redone the tile game, it would have been really interesting because uh, see who targeted who. Because this one, you're not really targeting people. No, um, you're just waiting for your opportunity and hoping someone gave you something decent. Yeah. So this challenge, yeah, they set up essentially, again, a, t- a 10 by 10 grid of posts. And the posts had ropes connected to them. You would lift one rope and try to make a square. Essentially, yeah, you were just waiting for your turn. You would move one rope. If you finished a box, you would get to go again. So this looks like a challenge that would be fun to play, but is not fun to watch. Yeah, and they didn't know how to edit it there's, either. There's no good way to edit it. No. they. I actually think they did a good job with what they had, but... Like, there's just not... Like, you have people putting up ropes and strategizing, mm-hmm. but, you know, then it's going to cascade at some point. And they show us the cascade of, like, all of a sudden people are hitting, like, double digits in one turn. Sure. And that's kind of it. There's just not... A, like I said, it's, it it seems like it'd be pretty fun to play and, like, try to bide your time and grab as many squares as you can. But, like, watching it is just impossible. Yeah. Here's my three takes on this challenge. One, the very first round where everyone goes once the editing was terrible because they had to put someone's name in the all right jerry it's your turn all right keith you're up all right 
And it's the same cadence every single time. Yes. And it's clearly edited in later. Yep. It was bad and they didn't know what to do with it. Second, they are too good at this game to yes. make it interesting. Usually you want some... If you're playing with that many people and they're playing with nine... Yeah. You want someone to be the screw-up. You want someone to make a mistake and be like, oh... Oh no, I just gave them a whole row. Oh darn. But no one did. It kind of becomes roulette. Like yeah. who is it going to land on who's it going to land on that gets the the runaway? Yep. And so they since they all do well about creating these boxes or creating non-boxes or no opportunity for a box, it gets to the point where you're just waiting for someone. Someone's going to go on a run, get a whole bunch of them, and they do. And let's be honest, who wins this challenge is inconsequential. Correct. If it wasn't, the only person who it could have been a conse- uh, it could have been consequential is if it was Alicia, and then it probably would have just been, like, Nick going home? Yeah. Instead of Alicia? It's, it, you're right, it's very inconsequential. Third thing, they should have played this game with less people. Agreed. I think you really don't have any fate. You're putting all of your strength, all of your gameplay into, ah, man, I hope that my turn comes when someone is here, when the chips are good. This would have been a very interesting, like, final three through five challenge, like somewhere in there. Yeah, I would have said five, because... It gives enough leeway where you don't have control, complete control, mm-hmm. but you're still being able to make moves. You're no moves being made here. Yeah. Uh, any other <laughs> thoughts you have about this challenge? No, that's pretty much it. It still feels like we're beta testing future challenges yeah. a little bit, and they're trying to see what works. I do applaud them on the creativity. Yeah. This season has had a lot more creative and elaborate challenges than mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. Jerry gets a decent run. I think it was like six or something like that. Six or eight. I didn't yeah, write down she the has the first big run, but it's not enough. Yep. Which sets up Keith for a run of 17. Yeah. Which that is the screw up. It does seem like uh, Jerry screwed up where she put the last rope and it set Keith up for that 17. Okay. I don't think it really mattered. It probably, yeah. I mean, the the only other thing she could have done was probably go to the other side of the course mm-hmm. and do one. And then it wouldn't have set him up for as many. But sure. Unless she was trying to do that to set it up so that she knew someone from her alliance would be winning this game. Maybe. She seemed kind of upset. She's like, you owe me a massage. Like, she seemed kind of upset by it. Yeah. She was definitely more concerned about her run than what happened after. Yeah. And there is a brief run. I think Amber makes a run of 10 at the very end. And then Jeff does some quick counting. It's like, nothing else matters. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, Keith. it's Keith. It's Keith. Keith wins. Keith wins. Two challenges in a row. Mm-hmm. Keith, the challenge beast. Who knew? Keith, the challenge. Uh, these K names coming in strong on the challenge beast. <laughs> Kelly and Keith. Kelly and Keith. <laughs> if you had told me, if you had given me three guesses at the st- at the top of the season for each of these seasons on who the challenge beast would be, uh-huh. Keith or Kelly would not have been in those guesses. No, not at all. Of course not. <laughs> to be fair, one of them would have been scooping. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> I think Scoopin would have been good at these individual challenges. Scoopin would have been good at these individual challenges. I don't know about the thinking games, but maybe. <laughs> Scoopin' stab thinking game. <laughs> can I can I set it on fire? Do I win? <laughs> Anything you want to talk about before Tribal? No. I uh, Well, actually, I guess this wraps into Tribal. 
But I part of my theory on why this vote was so easy mm-hmm. is I think Colby's probably the one that wrangles them. And Colby knows, like, let's say they're not worried about it. They're like, we'll go four to four. Well, then Colby's going home. Because Colby, now they know, has five votes on him. No one on Kucha has that many votes on him on them. So that, I think, is what unifies the five of them. Because mm-hmm. it is in all of the other four members of Ogacor's best interest that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Keith, Tina, Jerry, and Amber all want Colby to stay around. And mm-hmm. they all know that if they break off and vote, something, you know, and they vote Jerry or whoever else, then Colby's going home. Um, or at least that's probably what they think. They don't know it's going to be, uh, that could be what happens. They don't know for sure. It ends up being Jerry that's voted for. I think we don't see that conversation because they want us to believe that that's not what's going to happen until the <laughs> tribal. But that seem, that would be a pretty easy five-minute conversation that then would be like, all right, cool, we wait till tribal and this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I definitely think that Colby is the pivot point in this, yeah. in being the anchor of, no, 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 just bring it all together. We're fine. Everything's fine. We have the numbers. Keep it together. And it's really helpful that he is the one who got the votes and that everyone on his tribe likes him. Let's let's switch the fates real quick and say that Jerry's the one who was the shield. Mm-hmm. There might be a chance that they would just all go after, that they would like let Jerry go home so it's four to four again and then just pick off someone else on Kucha knowing that you can win the tiebreaker. Yeah. I just know that I don't think Amber's going to let that happen. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think, yeah, you're right. I think it has to be, I think we're going to see one more member of Kucha go home next time and then jerry go home all right unless she wins immunity of course <laughs> we have rain at tribal again <laughs> jeff comments man i feel like every time we're here it's raining okay thanks. okay thanks jeff <laughs> but this is going to be our first jury member yeah varner's not gonna be on the jury i would have loved to have varner on the jury varner would have been good on the jury because he would he would have been fun to just see the reaction shots mm-hmm. from over there but it's not gonna happen anything pre-vote no, I, I, I like I like that uh, the reason that they want Alicia to go home is it is respect. They're like we like we are afraid of Alicia, correct? And they should be. She, I think this was she got kind of unlucky in this challenge, but I think she could be she could have been the challenge beast. She absolutely should have been the challenge beast. And yeah, this is one they're afraid of the strength, and yeah. you need to go. Yep. In fact, the vote, one of the votes draws a very strong person. It was Amber. It was Amber? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't, I am kind of mad at the editors for not giving us more Alicia. She seems like a pretty dynamic character. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more funny thing from that tribal. Uh, Elizabeth, when holding up her vote, was like, Jerry, you need to go because you're bumming me out. I love Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you're growing on me. I love it. I had very low expectations for her. <laughs> so yes, Alicia is voted out on tribal lines. It was five to four. Did you see it coming, or honestly, you... I was, I was, I was fifty fifty, and then I until until I thought about. It. So the editors got me because I was slept up in the storytelling of everyone hating Jerry. Sure. And then once we got and we sat down on tribal, I was like. There's no way, right? Like, there's no way. And Surely. It wasn't, yeah, I was like, it's too, it'd be too risky. <laughs> but this is not the last time that we will see Alicia. Okay, good. Alicia is coming back in All Stars. Awesome, good. Yes. She deserves it. So we will see Alicia in six more seasons. Okay. And I did the I I, I said the right season, guys. It's eight. You it's did not five. It. Yay. <laughs> uh, just fun little note. 
that it doesn't give away too much about life. Oisha hosts the world's strongest man slash woman for ESPN uh, in 2002. Wow. So between this and All Stars, so I thought that was kind of fun. Is that the thing that you reacted to before we started recording? No, the thing that I reacted to was the the email saying that the challenge, the one challenge from Survivor UK went 23 oh, okay. hours. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, good for her. She's, she's interesting, and I'm excited to see how she does in All Stars. I think she could do, I think she could do very well in All Stars. I am a little worried that people will be afraid of her there, too. Sure. Um, that she's just a little too strong <laughs> jared uh-huh. when has anyone ever been afraid of a strong woman a strong black woman Ooh, never <laughs> never i i meant physically strong beating them at all, all the challenges but you're you're also right looking at you world do better your protagonist of the episode it's elizabeth cool i i mean it doesn't work out you know sometimes your protagonist fails in their quest she doesn't get the result but you know if we were going to go through if we took out the editing and we just went through the actions of it honestly it would probably be colby because i do fully believe that he's the one who keeps this vote together okay but we don't see it yeah so we see elizabeth's side of it it's really kind of like elizabeth and colby doing all the action in camp for the for these couple of days and we see the elizabeth side of it and i hope she doesn't go home next week all right (sighs) i don't think she will i think next week's gonna be nick Ooh, okay. If do you think that they're gonna make just it's a straight run of next three Kucha members out? No, I think so. My prediction is, and this is it can change with who wins immunity, of course. But barring immunities, Nick, and then Jerry, and then Amber, and then Elizabeth, and then Roger, and then we have final three of Colby, Keith, Tina. Okay. And then final three will just depend on who wins immunity. Sure. That's my guess. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. I'm glad I... Put, I like putting you on the spot here and making you make decisions that about is, things that you haven't seen. Well, that is the math answer. Okay. <laughs> like, the vote math answer. Sure. For the people who are in power. Hopefully somebody makes a move to shake that up. We'll see. We'll see. Bumper. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in good spirits. We're about to go watch a, a second episode. We're going to jump the... Shark? We've, we've, we've long jumped we've the shark, long, Jerry. There's a BB picture behind you. We have long jumped the shark. Don't you worry. No, we're going we're gonna to jump the recap episode. We, we debated whether we're going to talk about it or not. I don't know. It says there's... Footage never before seen. Yeah, I'll watch it at some point, um, and we can do, like, if there's anything in there to talk about, yeah, we'll, we'll throw a little thing on the top of uh, episode 10. Sure. Um, or I guess episode 11, because the next one will be episode 10, because we're skipping episode 9. I'm remembering something that Dan said in our first episode this season, and he was right. This season brings back a lot of people, and he said that, he thinks it's partially because they felt bad for them for how brutal this season is and how, <laughs> and how like how hard it was to survive and how hard it was to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I think he's right. Oh yeah. Like looking back at the list, like Deb doesn't come back. Kel doesn't come back. And I think every single other person that's been voted off is coming back. Hold up. You're making me, I, I'm severely doubting this, but so far that's been voted off so far. Okay. Hold on. Who's been voted out? 
Deb's gone. Kimmy's coming back. Scoopin's coming back. Varner's coming back. Kel doesn't. Marilyn does not. Oh, Marilyn does and not. And Mitchell okay. does not. And Mitchell does not. I forgot about Marilyn and Mitchell. Okay, that's still, that's half of the people voted off before the merge. Yeah. Or at the merge. Before the jury. Before the jury. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to give them benefit of that they've just been around longer and that the second chance vote really gives them advantage because they become like legends of the game. People sure. want to see those people come back and be like, all right, we're going to put you in a new situation. The game is completely different. See but, what you got. But no one from season one ends up on second chance. I, that's There's, not, that's not true. Uh, oh, Kelly. Kelly does. Kelly. But Kelly was slated for All-Stars. So of we now have like three or four people for second chance on this season. Mm-hmm. So it feels like people knew that uh, this, this they should get a redo on this season. Sure. I, I would like to go through the list of the second chance candidates and be like, well, were they given much of a shot for the season one people? That's fair. Were, that, were there many people that they could have brought back? That's fair. Some were just too old to play the game. Some were didn't want anything to do with the game anymore. And this cast is a more dynamic cast of characters, yeah. right? You're not bringing back Joel. You're not bringing back Dirk. You're not bringing back Sean. They could have. They they could have. It they would absolutely have been a could bad have. decision. Yes, correct. Absolutely. <laughs> so that also probably plays into it a little bit too. Sure. <laughs> anything you would like to promote? Yes, uh, I discovered a new band today. Oh, okay. Um, that I think is, has some pretty cool songs. You would like them uh, Go for on. sure. Called Black Griffin, with the O and Griffin being a zero. Okay. Um, they just came up. I actually heard a small snippet of one of their songs on TikTok uh, as an underlying audio, and I was like, "This is really cool." Cool. So I went and tracked down them on De- tracked down on Spotify. Describe what the what kind of genre this is um a sort of upbeat not edm with like the loud like bass and drums sure. although a little bit uh a mix of like edm and techno with a it's not I, I don't think it's directly based on video games but it feels like it's in that same genre of like video game like sound or video game based artists mm-hmm. just based on their own content instead i am only picturing the jellyfish jam from spongebob <laughs> I'll play it for you after after we're done. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I am going to promote something I haven't promoted in a long time. Uh, now that I have a little bit more of a regular schedule, I am streaming again. So if you want to come hang out and watch me play video games, play video games with me, I stream. I am at Plays S-C-H-T-E-E-F-P-L-A-Y-S, on Twitch. I like to I like to play goofy games. It was playing the uh, trombone, <laughs> essentially trombone guitar hero. It's called Trombone Champ. If you've never seen this, go look up clips. It's beautiful. Did you see somebody put through the fire and the flames on it? No. Oh yeah. I need to watch this immediately. It's it's given me much more depth than I expected out of a trombone guitar hero game. Uh, but I'm also playing through all of the Mario Brothers games. I've done finished one, two. I'm working on three. So yeah, come hang out. What's your favorite? Favorite Mario game? Yeah. Or it's Mario Bros. game. I would have... Growing up, I definitely would have said 3. Hmm. I think 3 is such a, a big leap from its predecessors that yeah. it's hard to uh, hard to ignore it. World is great. World is great. Mario World. I didn't have as much access to Mario World. So I, I would play it at my uncle's house every once in a while. But really, that was it. Hmm. Super Nintendo was not in my in my realm just didn't have one 
didn't have access. I'm trying to think of modern ones that are really good. Odyssey. Have you played Odyssey? I played a little bit of Odyssey. I like Odyssey. Or at least I like my time with it. Yeah. I, I have not gone back to it, so that kind of tells you what you need to know there. <laughs> but I've for the 20, 25, 30 hours that I put into it, it was a great time. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trading Back Time podcast. For my host, me. For my co-host, Jared Shelton, this is Steven. For my co-host, me, this is my host, Steven. <laughs> now you made me keep it. I have to keep it now. You have to keep it now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>